and welcome to the Glacially Musical Podcast. It is beer, metal, and swearing. Of course, I am Nick Cameron of Glacially Musical. I am joined by my good friend, a man who never tries to bother anybody, who never pokes at me, who never picks my nits. Keefe Kumbaya. How are we doing today, buddy? I pick all the nits. What are you talking about? I'm lying. You are not. I am good, sir. Happy I Monday. Am... Yeah, we're recording a bit early, so hooray. My wife has noticed that I've recorded three days in a row, and she's like, three days in a row, huh? Uh, yeah, three days in a row. But then you have a week off, so like yeah, that's a, that's at exactly least a week what or I said. more. She, uh, no, it's not, it's not more. I have to, I record again on Sunday. Okay. But that's besides the point as it is right now, as you listen to this, my battle Hawks are likely out of the playoffs because they, uh, fudged the pooch on, uh, on, uh, win it and get in it. So other than that, I got nothing. If you are new here this week, if you are joining us for Def Leppards on through the night, the deep dive into the everything that we do. Thank you very much for joining us. Here is how we do this. And there will be a timestamp in the video and in the podcast because Keefe is amazing and he does that. But we do a greeting, a beer check, a vinyl check, a shirt check, news of the day, meat of the day. And meat of the episode, of course, again, repeated is Def Leppard on through the night. Myself, my beer check, 19 ounce Voodoo Ranger IPA, 7% alcohol. After a day that was full of nothing, I need a good business. The finger fudge pour into my tulip glass, which is actually a Duvel pint glass, but gets the job done. Fancy glass. Yeah, Uh, it looks like somebody's got a case of the Mondays. I got a case of the Mondays. Hey, Peter, man. I, I believe you can kick somebody's ass for that. Anyway, Dietrich Bader <laughs> in one of the all-time performances ever. Why should I change my name? He's the one who sucks. Right. Um, okay, you just call me Mike. Huh? Um, I am having a beer I have had before just recently on the podcast, the Fort Point Villager IPA here from San Francisco in the plain old glass. Almost had a pop. Almost had it. God damn it. Maybe hold it back a little farther? Maybe. I don't know. I can hear the pour. That's the worst part. I can hear the pour, but not the pop. It's like Blind Al <laughs> in Deadpool. Um, uh, the Monday you- coming. YouTube happy hour. Cheers. Cheers, my friend. It is actually 5 o'clock right now in California. I have a... I have a... On my... Well, my beer fridge, I have a little sign that my step, my late stepfather had on a tiki bar that said it's five o'clock somewhere. Yes, Bob. Yes, it is. It's also a good album by Slash, his debut solo album. No, that's Slash's Snake Pit. Oh, that's correct. I mean, it's still a solo album. It's not. Yeah. It, yeah. And it wasn't until Apocalyptic Love that I realized, oh, my God, I am in love with Slash unnaturally. Because that was when I realized, wow, I have bought everything he's ever done outside of Guns N' Roses. He it is, just kind of crept up on me over the years. He is terrific. Oh, he absolutely is. Seen him live. Saw him play at the KC Pig Roast a few years ago mm-hmm. with Danny. And actually, that's a good segue before we get into the news and all that business. Because uh, hopefully people are still here. This Saturday, and I apologize for the sniffiness. This Saturday, I will be seeing Danny's band, Torchlight Parade, one of Danny's many bands, Torchlight Parade, along with a local Pink Floyd cover band, Red, White, and Floyd. I don't question that name because whatever. Saw them before. They are playing at Casa Loma Ballroom with a few others as well in an effort to raise money for St. Baldrick. So I'm going to be coming out. St. Casa Loma Ballroom is a wonderful venue. I've never seen a concert there. I have been to things there before. It is a lovely old building. It is a lovely old. Uh, it would be great for small time pro wrestling because they've got a mezzanine even. So looking forward to that. If you are out there, if you are here in St. Louis, if you like Pink Floyd or you like Judas Priest, if you're listening to this podcast, this show is probably for you. Old school heavy metal Pink Floyd cover band. If you're here, you're already into that. So. I will be wearing my Pink Floyd Animals t-shirt or perhaps my Roger Waters Us and Them t-shirt. If you see that guy with a small child, come up and say hi. I will talk to you. Kiwi? 
Oy vey. Uh, final check time. All right, I will check mine first because I demand it. Uh, my favorite guitar player that I've never mentioned and don't mention very often because he's not one of my favorites, Peter Frampton's Humble Pie. This is live at the Fillmore. I'm being very careful. Yes, because uh, the records are on the inside of the gatefold, not in the holes. Cool gatefold, classic album. And Peter Frampton played Peter Frampton's Road Manager, or played Humble Pie's Road Manager in Almost Famous, the extended cut. In the extended cut, we also get some of the wonderful, wise words of the greatest comedian of all time, Mitch, Mitch Hedberg. Because he That entire only... cast is incredible. Down to the bit players, everybody is, hey, bro! Everybody is, oh, yeah. Red oh, yeah. Dog, Red everybody dog. is incredible. The Frosty, the... the wheel, everybody <sighs> in the whole cast. The thing about all, the Mitch it, Hedberg joke was he made a joke, or Mitch Hedberg, he made a joke about that on one of his albums. He's like, I'm an, I, I have to do this acting, and I got to act with Peter Frampton. I had to smoke fake pot with Peter Frampton. And you know how I almost know this like smoking real, It's almost like smoking real pot with a guy that looks like Peter Frampton. Right. I've done that way more. Right. But Peter Frampton is a <clears throat> musical legend. But I am not familiar with his work, so I had oh, to divert from sketch. that fact. Okay. Hey, Peter Frampton, do you like toast too? These work when you do less of the whole bit. But um, oh, my favorite happen. comedian. Is I'm like South Park. I'm like South Park. Uh, Cartman with Come Sail Away. Once I started Mitch, you got to continue. Uh, yeah, Mitch is great. My favorite comedian in the movie is Mark Marin, who plays the lock the gates on these assholes. That was him. That's Mark Marin. Oh my god, I haven't watched it in so long. I don't remember. Also it. in the Joker, spectacular in Glow. I might Glow add. and uh, WTF podcast that he does. Speaking of podcast heroes, um, I will never be cool enough to interview him or meet talk to him. But maybe someday I can meet him if he comes here to SF to do a comedy show. I'm going to try to start. Hey, him. I'll buy him a steak if he comes out. So. Gla- gladly buy him. He's uh, sober, so I can't buy him a beer, but I would buy him a steak. Um. Is that your only check this uh mm-hmm. on this thing? I have you know I have many thoughts. It's like I grew up with Frampton Comes Alive. I don't love it. I don't. Uh, I've never like, actually he's heard great. It. He's great, but it's like also hmm, I don't want to put him in the category with the Nuge, but like lesser important tier guitar guy. He is a musical <clears throat> legend who's made a career playing music. Good for him. Yeah, actually, also my favorite Peter Frampton thing beside Almost Famous is when he shows up in the hullabalooza episode of the simpsons oh my god and, and he Sonic bought youth is in my cooler he bought pink floyd's flying pigs at a yard sale like pink floyd's yard sale i got that at pink floyd's yard sale right and it goes oh crazy. peter Frampton's gonna be pissed off who ordered the london symphony orchestra possibly well hi cypress hill i'm looking at you looking in your direction looking which, in your oh direction my god. They just that, did a symphony album too, by the way. The legitimately really nice. a, a, that, a concert that is going to be right. an album. That quote has gotten so much mileage out of me and my buddies. Possibly while high, looking Possibly. in your direction. Right. I'm sorry. What is your vinyl check? We got to keep this tight. We're not we, doing very well. We're, we're going to be fine. Uh, it's a short record too. Uh, really quick, my vinyl check after we just did the greatest metal band in all time, in all time, over the weekend, the Metallica episode. I have a vinyl check from late last year. So this is where I am in my timeline. <laughs> late last year still uh, with things to go. But I have one of my favorite bands of all time. My second favorite thrash band ever. Maybe my first there on my back patch over my shoulder. This is Anthrax Stomp 442. The second oh, album John Bush era. with the John Bush era. The beautiful gatefold double LP. Let's take a look. That is probably an extreme close-up of this guy on the front cover, this ball, and a naked guy. I don't know why they chose this album cover. Uh, Interestingly enough about this album, in addition to the fact that it totally rules. If I could jump in briefly, I'm glad you're throwing up a naked guy because I have thrown up two records full of naked dudes. Okay, that's true. So you're keeping up. We're staying on on brand. Um, Apparently. As I will continue. One of the things about this album that bemuses me is that Metallica totally ripped off almost the title and the in, the entire music video. Uh, Anthrax's song Fueled with a D had to have inspired at least the video and some of the lyrics for Fuel, 
give me a few, give me five, give me da 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 by Metallica. Has anybody ever really seen the video to Fuel without trying? I mean, I never saw it until I bought the DVD. Fair. Fuel or Fueled? Fuel. Oh, I am I Fueled. Know. But let's take a look at this beautiful, beautiful sky blue Royale with cheese blue double anthrax vinyl. Very nice. This is very nice. I love this record. This is why I bought this though. This gorgeous blue. We've got some Seattle Seattle Kraken seafoam going on right there. Quite a a sea, maybe not quite a green. That's what it looks like to me. It could be the screen. That is my vinyl check already in the Mylar. I've had it a while. I spun it a while. I have been on a tear since the Metallic episode, just spinning records and just Metallicing out. But I put, but I put that on too. Um, shirt check time, so we don't forget this week. Give me a quick pause. Surely. Pause. Take a breath and go for yours. On my command, now hit the dance floor. Continue. You were talking. I was talking. Anthrax rules. I've been spending a lot of Metallica. In honor of Nick, I played the <laughs> Garage Days re-revisited today, the 598 <laughs> EP, because I just couldn't get it out of my mind. I needed to hear it. I don't, I to confirm from the last episode, I don't think I have I think Death Magnetic is a hole in my uh, collection. I don't have it on vinyl, so I'm going to seek it out. And when I can afford it, I will it buy is it. readily available. Is it? It is not. Uh, it's not like Lulu, where they only did one. Pre- they only did one pressing of Lulu on both sides of the ocean. I've got a European copy, but you, there's plenty of of Death Magnetics. They they routinely keep that in stock, so you should be able to get that. I, I like Lulu, like I like Terrorism and Hemorrhoids. You continue to mention it to vex me. I do. Moving along to the news of the day. Do we have any news? I have a very brief news item in the spirit of keeping it brief. You already gave the Danny news, but do you have anything else? Should we address the Mick Mars story that continues to get more and more bizarre? I don't know what the, I don't know the current. If you want to drop a really quick, a little bit, go ahead. Uh, So Mick Mars is suing Motley Crue. We know this Motley Crue slaps back at Mick in the press and says, no, we were carrying him. He can't play. Then I sent this. Did I send it to you? I no, you never did. Still send not it. sent it to me. Somebody <laughs> from inside of Motley Crue's camp leaks what is purported to be Mick in the inner ears hearing himself and all the backing tracks. And if it's true, they look terrible and he looks like a god. Then Mick gives his Mick gives his first interview where he's like, I carried these guys for years. They haven't been able to play a good show. And I'm the only one who can play it. I'm dying of a terrible disease. He literally clowned them. They now allege that his handlers and managers are uh, conducting what ta- it's tantamount to elder abuse. This is insane. The mudslinging is horrible. I don't know what's you going know what? on. I thought the uh, I thought the kiss story could never. I thought nobody could tap the Kiss Mudsling, but here we go. I think the Kiss Mudsling is like a plant. I think they paid Ace to complain in the press, like just to help them. There's no. Oh, I'm talking. I'm just. I'm talking about for the past, you know, forty years. But yeah, this crew thing is ugly. And... Yeah, this is not a plant. This is a real thing, and yeah, it's nasty. Well, I mean, the thing is, is I obviously don't have all the information. However, being a logical human being, possibly Vulcan possible based on what i know well i know tommy is playing to a track i know vince is singing to tracks so is it really is apparently her? also playing not playing not playing or singing right so is it hard to believe that nikki is also playing to a track when two of the three got two of the other three already are right and mick okay. didn't want to and they've made him they made him retire they forced him out very sad and, uh, you know, uncool. And I have a bad feeling they're going to lose to Mick in the court case because it just seems like, I don't know, if you start having to call in witnesses, it's going to go bad for them. Um, could you uh, imagine these guys on the stand justifying? So, well, to give the fans an accurate performance, we have, like I said, I saw Wasp and a lot of it is on tape and they're playing live to the tapes for the backing guitars and backing tracks. Same as Def Leppard. I don't have a problem with that. But if the entire show is on tape, you are defrauding the fans. And some litigious mofo who paid a lot of money for a luxury box is going to sue them. That's what happens. America is a very litigious country for those who are not living here. Anywho, like Lionel Hutt said, could you imagine a world with no lawyers? 
And it's all the people holding hands and swaying and singing. Yeah, maybe. And it goes, Ugh. This is this is the world we could have, and it's that meme, and it's like the future, and it's what like a future utopia. Um anywho, I have okay. one brief bit of news. I'm gonna drop it and move drop on. Drop it like it's hot. You uh you actually shared this a couple of times today on GhostCultMag.com. Jason Newstead is playing a solo show, and I am here for it, except that it's on the other side of the country. A solo metal show. So it's his solo metal band, Newstead, yes. is back. And, and I under, loved Newstead. I did too. And it's under that banner. We didn't know if he was going to start a new band with a new name. It's under Newstead with two of his original backing band guys from 10 years ago and a new drummer. So very cool. Coming up in Fort Lauderdale in May. We're trying to figure out who we know in Fort Lauderdale. We'll go cover it for Ghost Cult because I think that would be freaking cool. I, really I, I would the- love to see Jason Newstead. <clears throat> back and moving again let's do it bro let's do it let's do it up i just think like i think he was hoping to this time around i have a hunch he's going to try to go with a label because i think that was the main source of his dismay according to other interviews from collaborators like mike mushak of stained who said like the main thing was he was fronting all the money and he didn't want to as much money as he has he'd rather you know he's used to certain things that he didn't have by himself as a diy artist right the you know and then also he was you know he has toured with ozzy so there's a lot of you know at the height of ozzy the osbournes he was on tour in ozzy's band so like you know probably travel in luxury with his own bus or whatever you know um well i'm sure e1 will sign him if they signed ace fraley i don't know someone will sign someone should give him a deal a agreed good deal here's a really quick one last piece of news and then we'll move on right to def leopard uh we didn't shirt we still didn't shirt Tetris. Tetris, heathen. But the uh, other bit of news is just tomorrow, as you are listening to this as it comes out on Friday, Record Store Day is Saturday, April 22nd. And while Nick and I are not the biggest Record Store Day fans, I'm a fan of the mission of Record Store Day. So if you can, even if you can't buy a thing, go into your local record store and tell them you care and buy something. Buy something. Buy something. You know, Even if you it, can't buy a record, you don't have a turntable, buy a magazine, buy a pin, buy a patch, buy a button. Just tell them you care because these things are going out. You know, we don't want them to go extinct. You or you could buy them. a band album cover coaster. Oh, I used to have those. Nice. I have this one and I have Legion by DSI. Interesting combination. So uh, with I that out of the well. way. I think we are ready for the meat of the episode. Yes. Let us get in the Wayback Machine, the DeLorean, the TARDIS, or we'll slingshot around the sun, as it were. Did I miss any famous uh, methods of time travel? Oh, the Quantum Leap Machine. Project Quantum Leap. Uh, the time heist in Avengers Endgame. Uh, that's not a machine, was it? I don't kind remember. of, yeah. Okay, I don't want to use that. I'm sick of space time GPS wristwatch and a big thing, a platform to beam in and out of to the quantum realm. Anywho, let's jump back to 1978. In 1978, let's set the stage. Led Zeppelin is dying. Kiss is dying. They're in the solo albums, and they never they never rebounded Uh, uh, until the reunion. They never rebounded from that moment. Let's see who else is going up. Pink Floyd is 18 months away from implosion. And Steely Dan might have still existed. I don't know. Peter Frampton, earlier mention of Peter Frampton, uh, is no longer able to uh, get anybody to care about any of his music because it's not Frampton Comes Alive. Ozzy's about to get kicked out of Sabbath. Yeah, Sabbath has died. Eagles are about to go in their first breakup hiatus. So basically, we're looking at a transitional moment. The giant, oh, uh, ZZ Top is about to blow up. ACDC is about to blow up. And Fleetwood Mac is like one of the big, the biggest band in the world. Fleetwood the Mac has just blown up. Meatloaf is about to kill it. Notice all these bands that are about to blow up are nothing like the ones that are dying. You know, we're 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 at a transitional moment in time. Judas Priest is about to become Judas Priest rather than whatever the hell Rocca Rolla was. I still have not figured that out. And I've done an episode on it with a uh, friend of the show, Richie from Grave Huffer. Richie Randall, God knows what I, I tried. I don't I don't know what that the hell that thing was. But so here we have in Sheffield, 
members of technically, if not always, Nawabum, Def Leppard. Waiting for Keefe to just jump. One of the founding bands of Nawabum. There's no question they were um, hard rock and heavy metal inspired. They were peers, peer group equals of, of early Judas Priest, beginning Iron Maiden, Saxon, except Scorpions, and whoever else. Tigers of Pantang, Angel Witch. Uh, Finder General, all the bands in Lars Ulrich's tape collection in 1977. He definitely had the Def Leppard. Oh, he did? I'm going to tell you he probably had the demo. Oh, the... 78, the the demo, the EP, whatever you know he had it. Man, that's probably true. He probably had it. That's probably true. So... This is another case. Well, I'm I'm jumping ahead. So we're in Sheffield, England, and a band who loves Led Zeppelin, who loves where music is going, who loves Thin Lizzy, is now forming, growing, and congealing. And it's four dudes that aren't the four dudes we're going to talk about later. So the most important one, I think, to mention is Joe Elliott at age 18, auditions on guitar. And Pete Willis is like, no. Why don't you sing? And then Joe Elliott becomes the singer. Put a pin in that, because we're going to roll back to that in a couple weeks. Pete Willis, he auditioned for Pete Willis. Yeah, Pete Willis, the precursor band to Def Leppard, was a band founded by Pete Willis and Rick Savage. And then Joe joins that band that then becomes, transmutes into the first lineup of Def Leppard. Yes. And we're just going to finish it off with uh, Steve Clark joins and their original drummer, whose name escapes me, falls out of the picture. And they are joined by 15 year old Rick Allen. Mm. At this point in time, the young man has two arms. I'm going to hell. You're all coming with me. It's a significant difference. But Jesus. Anyway, is that bad? Okay, fine. It's fine. Uh, it's no, fine. I don't know. I don't know a better way to put it. So it is what it is. So they get together. They start gigging. They choose the name Def Leopard, which is dumb. It's a dumb name. It doesn't make any sense. They're convinced to misspell it to D-E-F-L-E-P-P-A-R-D. Chef Boyard, as it were, in order to not sound like the UK punk bands at the time. I don't understand that, but I can accept it. We move on. I always thought they were just ripping off Led Zeppelin. I thought it was like a takeoff of Leonard Skinnerd to hmm. misspell the band name goofily. But whatever, I don't know anything. But didn't Leonard Skinner probably steal that from Led Zeppelin? Um, I think Leonard Skinner is named after their gym teacher, Leonard Skinner. Yeah, Leonard Skinner. All right. We Continue. Need to do we need to do a Skinner run, but that's besides the point. We'll get to that another day. So they end up making this EP, and I forget what's on it, but it's uh it's get your what is it? Get your rocks off. Oh god, it's it's probably the worst. It's as name. bad as you think it is. <laughs> oh. Let me see if I can get the backlisting. Oh, uh, I think Rock Brigade is on Rock there. Brig- the early version of Rock Brigade is on there. Yeah, getcha. Oh, it's it's rock. It's getcha rocks off on the demo, which just becomes rocks off. Uh, and then another song, which I don't know what it is, and I don't care because this is frankly not good. But they get signed on the strength of this EP to a record. Well, deal. it's the seventies, and somebody was probably on a lot of cocaine, a lot of <laughs> a lot of schneef. The schneef, the schneef returns. We haven't had a schneef mention in ages well you know you gotta you gotta fight you gotta fuel that truck somehow we haven't been talking about the schneef since the quiet riot series that shall be forgotten and never brought up ever again you just brought it up i did just ah. you don't hear me reliving our past glories and past yeah, failures okay. that i complete failures that i completely walked us into well you know so I walked with you. So what hey, I it seemed like a good idea at the time it, it just uh, we got halfway in and I, I don't know went, wow, I was really was drunk terrible. at the time you know what? We we have always seen it through to the end, except for King Diamond Merciful Fate. We just got pummeled into submission on that one. So we got these four guys in Sheffield. Now, what's interesting to me is we are looking at the original lineup of 
Steve Clark, Pete Willis, Joe Elliott, uh, Vivian Savage, and Rick Allen. And Rick Savage, not Vivian. Is it Rick Savage? Yeah, Rick Savage. Oh, Vivian, Vivian Savage. That's later. Uh, that's Spinal Tap. Yeah. I think, yeah, because there's Vivian and Spinal Tap. I got I always get them confused. Well, Vivian Campbell ends up leaving Dio to join the band later, but anyway, it's in the story. That's we're not even going to get many that. many episodes from now. We're only doing these first four. I can't tolerate after. We're not. We're not. We're not I want to do the things that are good. I want to do only <laughs> things that are good. Well, I mean, like we can't always only do things that are good, but I think we owe it to ourselves to not do Adrenalize. Is that fair? That's what I'm saying. It's a reward Re- to me and you to not do it. And the listeners probably look. It's it's you know old Greg man. I only got things that are good. Everything we've got is good. We are only Def Leppard is only good. We're only we have, doing good. We've gonna... already looked into that abyss for other bands. We can give ourselves a, a pat on the, a break, not a pat on the back, but a break for this one. Yeah, yeah. We can. I don't. We we know. Yeah. Anywho, so interesting about this band, and I'm gonna skip forward a little bit. They are a new Wabam band. In the first, they're in 1978 to 1980, they are a new Wobbum band, possibly even the 1983. And then in 1985, 86, they become hair metal. Complete change. Not long after the accident. Glam metal, happy metal, Jovi metal, synth metal, whatever you want to call it. Life. Not this. They they fell off the... uh, they they fell off the train that I liked writing. I'll, I'll mm-hmm. put it that way. You know, uh, Hysteria is my least favorite of the albums we're going to do today, this in this run. Nick, other, Nick, by the way, likes riding the Def Leppard train. I say no more. I have no idea what you're doing there. Okay, moving on. Back to my point. This is another one of those bands where the 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 band is always in flux in terms of members. Not to an Iron Maiden level, but this is not the I don't even know what we would call the classic lineup. Probably Steve Clark and Phil Collin. But we are in that classic lineup isn't even until Hysteria when the band completely changes and grows into. Right. I I think it's hard. This there's two errors or three errors of this band. Mm -hmm. They're getting not necessarily they get they start out good. They get interesting and popular and then they get progressively worse. But like, I do think there's a, there's an audience of Def Leppard fans that this is the classic lineup to them. This is the era. They love these two to three albums that start their career. For me, it's, it's the next two. That is my. That's fair. And again, there's reasons for that. They became international, you know, rock superstars. Um, I mean, I got on the train with Def Leppard with rock of ages, not, And which makes me completely not special. Yeah, this is my record. This is my favorite Def Leppard record still to this day. And I'll tell you why and how. I know we'll that's get... crazy. And I love Hysteria and I love and I like Pyromania. But like, yeah, these are this is a really interesting, unique and special record by the band in a lot of ways. It, there's a there's a portion of their audience that has never stopped clinging to this part of the band in hopes they'll go back to it. I have no never... idea why. Well, because I just think I, it's like this cool. I'm not like saying it's a forgotten bad. era of the band. It's like Testament's death metal era. They don't do it. it. Is, it's completely forgotten. And Def Leppard hopes no one remembers. That's true. This is the Def Leppard episode they don't want you to hear. Maybe that'd be really a good title. As we discussed later, because, well, I'll discuss it now. It wasn't until in, in during the Hysteria tour, they dropped every song from this record, from their set lists, essentially permanently. Rock Until Brigade, a couple of years ago, yeah. Rock Brigade made a couple a couple appearances. There was one song from this era that did not make an album. They played on the Viva Hysteria tour, which I believe is the last time I saw Def Leppard personally, with uh, Poison and Lita. Mm. Lita was good. Five songs, and you know that's about that's about the right amount of Lita for a show. She's really the hits only, and that's fine. Yeah, that's all you need. Give me the hits only and a big song off your new record, and uh, Bobby Rock do a so do a short solo and uh, call it a night, and I'm happy. Right. And then Poison. What I love about Poison is they have not made any significant music in over thirty years, 
And if you go see them in concert, they will not try to convince you otherwise. They are only playing those first three records. They really are. And they shouldn't do. They really shouldn't do anything else. Um, so Def Leppard, right? Where do we? No, I to... heard Holly Weird. They shouldn't have done. They should where, not have done that. Where do we want to begin with On Through the Night? Right. So they get signed off that EP demo. They make this record with they with a in a real studio with a great producer. And it's full of bangers. I got to be honest with you. It's not that much filler. I will say that there's hints on this record of where they're going to go and that they are they're a lot more catchy and tuneful for a heavy metal band than most of their peers completely agree if you don't <clears throat> mind me uh, taking the baton out your hand at this moment and it, it's worth noting that heavy metal as a legitimate genre doesn't precisely exist yet Right now, Led Zeppelin is still called heavy metal. Deep Purple is still called heavy metal. Judas Priest, pre-Defenders of the Faith, pre-all the good stuff, is still considered heavy metal, even though they look like friggin' hippies. I mean, I, I, I've not, still not figured that out. The, you know, the kimono, the 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 purple silk kimono that, and the fedoras. I mean, there's a lot going on. If you haven't seen it, go check it out. Just Google uh, Rob Halford, 1976. So. Old gray whistle test, Judas Priest. That's all you need. Yeah. So when we talk about the tracks on this album, there's going to be a lot of this is not precisely metal. And this record is very different than the next record. The next record, go they go from a good producer to a superstar producer. A producer who's going to get a great sound out of you to a producer who is going to help mold and shape you. That is a very significant difference. You know, your average nobody band from Yorkshire, what is Yorkshire, is not going to have, they're not going to get Bob Ezrin. They're not going to get, um, God, they're not going to get Eddie Kramer. They're going to get Vinnie Poncia. You know, they're not, you know, and, and I love Vinnie Poncia in theory, just not the Kiss records he recorded. But so the next album is much different than this one. And at that time in 1982, when that album comes out, heavy metal has exploded what they were calling heavy metal at the time. And the, the definition of metal is always been nebulous and always will be nebulous. There are people now that call Metallica a hard rock band. There are people that call Iron Maiden not metal anymore. So it's, it's, it's nebulous, it's fluid, it's always moving. But when they recorded this, yes, there were metal songs. Yes, there were metal albums. I believe, believe Defenders of the Faith had already come out by Judas Priest or maybe Stained Class. I forget which one it was, but they had moved past Rockarola. Yeah, it's and... 1980, so we're talking about, uh, you know, British Steel... There we go, British Steel. Killing Machine, British Steel, and the other early one. And Black Um, Sabbath has morphed into Dio Black Sabbath mm, with Heaven and Hell. Sort of, not just yet, but yeah, almost. In 1980, that's when it came out. Late 80. They're working on it. And metal is congealing. The, The molten steel is finally becoming that sword with rules and characteristics. But not quite yet. We're about a year or two after the release of of On Through the Night that people accept it as a genre that will exist. I mean, people of a certain age like myself will remember 1986, 1987, people saying, oh, I loved rap at first, but now I'm just sick of it. I wish it would go away. And it didn't go away. And that's kind of how metal was. So this album is not metal even though we are considering this band to be part of the new wave of British heavy metal, this album is almost Fleetwood Mackie. Like hard rock Fleetwood Mackie. It's big. It's, it's expansive. It's melodic. It's not heavy. It's not, there's a little bit of riffy. There's some good, really great solos. I don't agree with you on this, but okay. I'll let you have your moment. Go ahead. (sighs) 
it's 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 much more heavy than your you haven't listened to this enough it's heavy let's it's do it four times today there's not enough distortion to make it like metallica heavy but it's definitely a heavy metal album much more than a rock album much more there's two rock songs on the whole thing. The rest of it, is I, I disagree because I feel like at this point, if you stuck Lemmy on here vocally and a little heavier guitar, it'd be a Motorhead record in a lot of places. It would okay. Be. If you put the heavier guitar and the gruffer vocals on anything and from these guys, you know, if you put that on Rock and Roll, it becomes death metal. If okay. if Simbots, Candy and Nuts would all have a Merry Christmas. However, it is what it is not a bad record it is just not it's probably not the record they wanted to make this is the record that was molded into That's and fair. when their next album comes out the world has changed the yeah. musical landscape has accepted another mountain range and we hadn't gotten there yet so that being said I am ready to begin our I think Nick has been on the schneef based on this episode anyway <laughs> You're mean. The Schneef Ludes. That's and not a I thing. Mean... May I continue? You might. I might or I may? You may. Thank you. I shouldn't have to ask. <laughs> it's your show. You shouldn't have to I, ask. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. And that's mostly our show-ish. Anywho, so let's start on to the music itself with Rock Brigade. Now, one of the things I talk about when an album, when a and when an album, when an artist writes their first album, routinely, routinely. I mean, think about your debut record from bands not named The Doors or Jimi Hendrix. You get these albums written by children singing about nothing. Rock Brigade is precisely that, but they sing about that nothing with such conviction. They are on the rock brigade and they're coming to get you. If you're looking for deep thoughts and philosophy and cogent lyrics about anything, it's not on this record. No, it is not. No, it is not. They don't even make a good metaphor the entire time. Not at all. Uh, not one of them. Rock Brigade is a banger of a track, though. And it, yes, is, it is a fan yes, is. favorite still to this day. It is. Many people, this was the first exposure they ever had to this band, and it never they never let it go. Be nice if they bring this one back. This is a good song. This would fit into this song, I think, fits in very well into the arena rock Def Leppard era. Yet they have allowed it to languish and die. Fair enough. Continue. Next, moving into Hello America. And in the Def Leppard made-for-TV movie, which I'm going to reference in my brain far too much on this on this show because I don't know how, what's accurate and what's not. Um, one of the articles, one of the reviews, contemporary reviews of the album said about this song, Hello America, it's saying, Hello colonies, please, can we have a bit of approval? And yeah, that's what this feels like. It is a song about we know America exists and we've heard of these four cities. So we're going to sing about these four cities that are all in California. Well, Def Leppard in Yorkshire, there's a whole Sheffield. 49 other states. Sheffield. Um, Hello, America's. Sheffield is a city in Yorkshire. Okay, fine. Hello, America is a pop rock song. I think it's a lot of fun. And I think it it's a harbinger of the style to come on the future records. You know what? This is vocals and oh yeah, the big the big vocals, the you know, the big solos, the it's not <clears throat> synthy, but if it were synthy, it would sound better. There are some there's a synth on one of these songs. Here's a fun thing for you. How for a guy who started out as a guitar player, how much does Joe Elliott sound like early Robert Plant to you? Here? Everywhere. <laughs> oh no eternally no no L next week yes i think this there's a week few, there's a few on this one he's doing the robbery he, he you know what when he screams hello america he, he's not at the top of his range yet but he's he's heading down that path and yes he does there is a lot of i i'm again i'm gonna say it again i really think that they were basing everything off Def Leppard. This or not Def Leppard. 
obviously they were they're basing this off led zeppelin this led zeppelin is their blueprint this album is very much to me a very amateur version of say led zeppelin four maybe three three or four i don't, I don't know how to describe that better as were as were many albums of this era well that um, is completely true shall we move forward sure sorrow is a woman this one has got four solos mr pete willis plays a couple and even though pete willis is well forgotten in uh 2023 he <clears throat> played some great leads on this record and he was an amazing uh, a very significant part of what created the Def Leppard sound. Ian, he was on the yeah. first two albums. He and Steve Clark were the architects of this band, songwriting-wise. Pete did get inducted into the Hall of Fame with the band in 2019, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So Good. Yeah, he deserved it. Completely. Uh, let's see. Next is It Could Be You, which might as well have been You Could Be Mine, because I don't need either of those. I don't need that oh, song, and I don't need this one. You Could Be Mine is one of my favorite Guns N' Roses songs. Uh, yeah, totally do not need that song. I This song, I have no idea what it's about. Doesn't seem to make sense. So it seems like they didn't write the lyrics. Somebody wrote it for them. Uh, no, it says a, Elliot and Willis. Yeah, I mean, no. It's a, it's a catchy, fast, heavy metal style song, but it's not a good song. Correct. Uh, moving on into Satellite. Uh, you know what? We are not in the best part of this album. I'm going to be honest with you. This could be the soft underbelly. Yeah, they, they got there early. They did. Uh, anything on this one? God, I hope not. Not really. Uh, moving on to we're serious, we're dark, we're mysterious, we're strong thinkers. When the walls came tumbling down, and quite frankly, I think when the walls came tumbling down is the most overused thing in music in general. I can name like probably 10 other songs about this very same topic. It's never good. They're never talking about anything important. But here we get a 30-second uh, spoken word intro. Thank Christ. My notes here sa says, Joe sounds like Robert Plant. My God, I'm taking a sip. I was taking a sip. Come on. Sorry. Come on, I bro. I hear it, though. I hear it, though. I do. I do. But I just was, you know, you're supposed to. Anyway. I'm glad I'm, you know, I'm, 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 I'm holding my own this week in the tracks. I remember all these songs, unfortunately, in, in cases. Hmm. Next, we come on to side track one of side two. Flip the records, flop your tape, burn your CDs, delete your digitals. Don't listen to Spotify. Side two, wasted. And you know what? If there is anything I want to hear in this world, it's a 21-year-old kid. Writing a song about getting drunk and taking pills. And look, we got one. Yes. It is one of the better tracks on the record. Honestly, it's in the top tier. Super great riff in the intro. Very fast song. Twin harmony guitar a la Maiden. Mm -hmm. And Scorpions and Accept. So it's, it's a like fun song, but the lyrics are intelligible and they shouldn't be. <laughs> would it be better if they slurred them? Yes, it would. Would it, you know one? Uh, I don't think you can play a song like "Wasted" and play it straight. You got to give me something. You got. I mean, you're like, oh, we're on pills and drinking whiskey, and I'm like, yeah, but you're. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're. You. I think you'd pass a field test. Un so, un unsurprisingly, or sadly, this is also co-written by Steve, who ends up succumbing to liver failure from alcoholism ten years later, eleven years later. But uh. Yeah, not great, but the song's pretty cow. I like this song a lot. Pretty killer. Uh, yeah, true. Uh, good point. I'm being insensitive. I apologize. No, no, you're not wrong. Uh, moving on to Rocks Off. Jesus Christ. Uh, song about their love gun. You know their uh their guitars, their big ten inch records. This is one of the songs that helped get them signed. It is what it is. It's a yeah, thing that happened. It's, it's um good, pretty good riffing. Very much in line with the you know maiden priest motorhead of the day. Thin Lizzy. Thin Lizzy is an early comparison that they get compared a lot to Thin to Thin Lizzy, and then Thin Lizzy kind of becomes heavy metal in their final iteration. It, uh, it's interesting because if you think about Thin Lizzy, you know, you get Thin Lizzy, then you have Def Leppard and Judas Priest and Iron Maiden. 
apart from those four bands, the idea of twin lead guitar players is verboten. Nobody else has it. It doesn't exist because nobody's good enough to do it. You think that's um, why? Maybe Kiss has it a little. No. Uh, Paul no, played, gun. I think, four or five solos. Yeah, but I'm saying like Love Gun thematically has it and a few other things. Son, uh, Flame and Youth, not a good song, but the guitar stuff. Um, yeah, let's, see, let's not even talk about that song. Let's just, yeah, that three to go. Three to go. We're going right through this thing. Like uh, next, It Don't Matter. Uh, this is actually the first one I don't remember. Yeah, this song don't matter. It's not good. <laughs> this All song right, should have is... not mattered enough to make it onto this record. How about that? About, well, I mean, oh. it's only 40 minutes. You got to... You know, at this point in time, the idea of bands putting out three to four albums in a year, Johnny Cash, your 24-minute uh, Johnny Cash TV show LP, that's not a thing anymore. Now you got to fill up these things. You know, there's there's room in there, and you got to get more more tracks. <clears throat> Unfortunately, at least the tracks, like, I, it don't matter. Uh, and you don't necessarily need them. Next, moving on to Answer to the Master. Very metal-sounding name, no? It is very metal-sounding named. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's more of a hard rock, heavy rock four four beat song. No, it's it's all right. This is actually like a very these the end of the record has like a bunch of collaborative songwriting credits, so it makes me think like they smithed it up together. M- mercifully, these songs are all very short until the last one, and then not so short the last one. Yeah, it, it not. Uh... Not a song I really need in terms of the whole thing. There are some good solos, there's some good riffs, and you know, that's which is going to be the hallmark of this band literally forever. Right? There is never going to be a song that they do that is terrible okay. from start to finish. There's going to be something. Are we talking about Overture or Answer to the Master? Both, all of okay. it. Okay, yeah, yeah. Well, Overture is interesting, so I'm going to jump in here and say that Go ahead. Overture is the closer, is like an almost eight minute long song. And it's like very interesting. It's actually Led Zeppelin. It's Zeppelin. It's very, you know, it's they're trying to step outside of themselves and do this epic song. I don't know why. First of all, Overture is the opening of a thing, not the closer. I don't understand why it's the Overture. It doesn't make sense why. Uh, the, who, very... the Who track one of the Who's Tommy was Underture. That was a punt. Um, I, I just, I, well, I don't ever get to mention that, so I wanted to mention it. I know. Um, so Overture, it's got like a very long intro part that's part of the track. So Nick likes it because it's part of the track. Really, like the main part of the track is only five or four or five minutes long, but it does have a lot of guitar solos and it's supposed to take you on a journey and it's very Stairway to Heaven, you know, Hotel California. This is their thing. I will tell you that interestingly enough, when you listen to like middle era Queensryche, it follows this formula a lot. And sounds like this song quite a bit, uh, which is, you know, a compliment to to Def Leppard, who did this as, you know, young adults in 1980. It's not horrible. It's probably in the top in the, you know, if you take like that whole middle of the album, four, five, six, seven, and none of those are good except Wasted uh, as a song. Yeah. And this overture ends up in the middle to middle to the top tier of the album somehow, because it is like got some killer stuff on it. It's killer riffs and solos. Uh Joe's got some great vocal parts, and I don't know what he's singing about, but the parts are good. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know what any of these songs. Like "Answer to the Master" is a very good title for a not good, not great song. It's not bad. It's just not great. And there's a lot of not great on here. So this record to me is like a a C plus B minus. It's a really great start. There's three or four absolute bangers. I still wish they would play. And um, we have lost Nicholas. Did we lose him completely? Is he back? Nope. I'm still here. Nice. Just give me a you. second. Let's Anywho. See. So, yeah, like... uh, You don't need yeah. to mention it. If you keep talking, I'll get it well, back up and nobody will notice. You got to do that trick I told you to do. I know. I, I do. That's okay. I'll remind you next time. So, yeah, I, man, I, it's, I it's not a bad record. It's a good debut album. A lot of debut albums are not that good. They're, fat, they're you know, first efforts. And that's why it's a debut. Debut albums come in one of three ways. They come in fully formed bangers, like The Doors' first album. They come in 
absolute crap. Like, um, I don't know, somebody. Or they come in semi-formed nebulous kind of things. Like Pink Floyd, like Def Leppard, like Metallica. All of those bands started off one way and evolved. I agree with you that this is a C-plus record. The first four songs, great, fun, good time. Then it slows, and then it slows, and then it's, I don't want to hear you anymore. And then it's fun at the end. But the, the soft underbelly goes for a long time. I listen to this record like once in a while and I have good memories of it, not because of nostalgia. I, I feel like some of it's very good. Rock Brigade, they should put back. Some of set. it is very good and some and, of it is not. But you do hear the building blocks of where they're going to go as a band. And, you know, for a first effort, it's not bad. They're for a lot, first effort, a lot it's not worse bad. Debut, it's not like, yeah, there's a lot worse debut albums than this. And, you know, for we have this record. We don't have the other records if they don't at least make this one. So, Correct. I'm Good not, for I, them. I have no I, more notes. And I'm ready to take us home unless you have some final thoughts. And nothing that needs to be said. There it is. Quick and dirty. The way we hope to plan it. Thumbs up, everybody. Thumbs up. Good job, Def Leppard. Sort of. Uh, next week, much better. That's, and the, not, that's it, the teaser. It, actually, I will say one last thing and then I'll shut up. This is enough to make me interested in the next record. Thank goodness. It's good. It's I, well, I mean, it would have been contemporarily good enough to make me want to hear more. Imagine if every band was on a one record record deal, like in sports. You're getting your one year, lame duck year, do something or nothing. Imagine if every band had to do that. Every band kind of has to do that, actually. But they nowadays, yeah, nowadays, yeah. You have been listening to the Glacially Musical Podcast with your host Nick Cameron and I, your co-host. Ghost Cult Kefi, you know where to find us on all the social medias. Everything is in the description. If you've enjoyed this, if you somehow made it this far, you're either a diehard Def Leppard fan or you must really like us and like to enjoy this podcast. So if that's the case, why not give us a like, give us a follow, give us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. YouTube has podcasts now. We are officially a YouTube podcast now as well on the YouTube podcast platform, as well as just watch the video. And so, you know, with nothing more to add to this debut excursion into the world of the classic era of Def Leppard. I am Keefe, and you have been listening to the Ghost Cult. No, that's not Ghost Cult. It's the <laughs> Musical. Ghost Cult is later. You've been listening to the Glacial Musical podcast. It doesn't play in Peoria, and clearly if I played in Peoria, I would get the city wrong. <laughs>